Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. I am the master of my body. I connect with love and healing. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And we are covering some very heavy hitting subject material today. We thought we would do cancer. We've never done anything on terminal illness. We've never done anything on um, any sort of actually quite life. Well, not, cancer's not always life threatening, is it? But we haven't done any real serious illnesses before on the show, Jane. Not Certainly not devoted half an hour just to talking about when the body is in a real state of dis ease. And there's a number of different ways we can come at this topic today. I know I've, I've already got a few bouncing around in my head, and I know Jane will probably have her own angles. We, we know that with the statistics the way they are right now, if you haven't experienced cancer yourself or don't even have it right, uh, currently have it right now, you will know somebody who's been touched by it or has passed away from it because, and I don't have the statistics at my fingertips, I'm sorry, but it's all—it's literally like one in five, one in three or something like that. It's isn't very it? high. Everybody I think, knows. I think it's one in three. Mm. So we know that there's an enormous slab out there of the population who at some point are going to come in contact with this very 21st century disease. And I say that because I, I, my, from Rebecca's theory, from my observation, it's kind of interesting. And here comes in the spiritual, emotional, psychosomatic stuff about how diseases and illnesses almost seem to come in trends. So for example, in the olden days, people used to get things like gout or tuberculosis. You don't, I know that now these days we've got different medical conditions and hygiene and water and some might say vaccinations or whatever. It has changed a lot of that. But then, for example, in, um, in the eighties, we had AIDS was the huge thing. It was all of a sudden, it was like the whole world was aware of it for the first time. And it was, it was the disease of the decade. And there was so much talk about it and Time magazine covers and celebrities with it and all of this. And it's almost like, not that AIDS has gone away and there's still a huge problem in Africa particularly, but you don't hear about AIDS anymore. It's almost like it's not trendy anymore. And now everyone's got cancer. And I think the next thing after that will be dementia. Well, maybe because the the aging population or the the baby. Yeah, yeah, but but at the same time, if you've got dementia or any signs of it, just drink more water. Oh, thanks, Dehydrated brain. There you go. Okay. Done. So it's, you know, it's funny. You don't pick up a Charles Dickens novel and like the main character dies of cancer. You don't read ancient Roman, you know, legends and people die of cancer. It seems to be such a thing of the tw- late 20th, 21st century. Is it due to the pollutants and the chemicals we have at numbers now that we've never had before because of all the crop spraying and all the chemicals in our cleaning products? Is it due to the things in the food that we're eating now that we didn't used to eat in the history of the world? Or is it the 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 sickness of the 21st century mind and heart is it what the energy is now doing in our bodies as it revolts against the shallow meaningless materialistic lostness that is that is in the world at the moment due to all the lo- low self-worth and all the disconnection that's going on maybe it's all the wi-fi and all the broadband we're all being told that one in three are going to get cancer so therefore we're vibrationally fearing it culture of fear is it because we've created a complete culture of fear and it maybe it's all of these things i don't know how do you want to kick off today's show jane look i think the first thing is that i've said in many podcasts before but i'm going to say it again because it's fitting here is that we get our messages with a feather a brick or a sledgehammer so if i woke up tomorrow and had symptoms of cancer then 
I would assume that I missed the feather message and I missed the brick message. So my observation for whatever purpose, whatever reason, wasn't on track and I missed it. So it is happening in pandemic proportions, potentially one reason being that we have a society that isn't listening to their body, that isn't connected to their emotions, that isn't receiving the messages with the feather. So the brick could be getting the cancer or maybe it's a sledgehammer. It depends what your life's been. It could be that that could be the brick and, you know, maybe having it for many, many years and not going into remission could be the sledgehammer. Um, however, I feel that if we keep constantly checking in with the early symptoms of our body, it's unlikely that we will get cancer. I love, I love that this is where we've begun today because it is all about conscious level awareness. Let's use cancer like a metaphor, like the cancer of a dying relationship, that, that, like the, the, the poisonous the toxic. Gr growth that happens between two people if you don't pay attention to the red flags or the little warning bells that are there from the very start. 20 years down the track, you're going to be sick with a quote-unquote cancer between the two of you with tumours growing out of your relationship. This is the same as anything, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's jobs that your heart of hearts is kind of whispering to you, this isn't a good environment for you to be in, you don't trust these people, It's, it's it, the, the boss is bad for you, the work isn't meeting your life purpose, your soul, and you keep on keeping on, you keep going to that desk every day and kind of sticking your fingers in your ears and going la-la-la-la-la and not listening, and it ends up being a cancer on your life if you know what I mean, this the burden of this job, which then can make people sick. People can then get cancers and things like that. But remember that cancer isn't, it's a disease, but it's not actually a sickness. You have no symptoms usually with cancer. It's fascinating. You don't it? actually have any symptoms. So you're not actually technically sick. Oh, Jane, I've got to actually even get my head around that. Okay. So somebody says I've got cancer and then somebody will say, oh my goodness, I'm sorry. You're so very, very sick but they've got no symptoms. The only reason they usually go to cancer, they discover they've got cancer is because they maybe went and had a, a routine screening yeah, and something abnormal was discovered. A blood test or something. Or um, Exactly. It's often by chance Scrapes that people... Cells. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of had this thing that if you go prodding around your body, you're going to have all sorts of things. If you want to go looking for it, you're going to find it. <laughs> and it's a bit like... Um... But having said that, I'm not, I'm not anti the early diagnosis and all of that. I think the sooner the better. If you can get something told that, look, there's something not good here, then you've got your opportunity to really heal the best from the inside out. Mm, of course, of course. There, there is this, this saying in the spiritual circles that if... Women who go and get mammograms every single four weeks and, you know, first day of the month, oh, mammogram day on Facebook, everybody check your breasts and those of them remind the people you love to check their breasts. If you go looking for something that hard in the universe, you're going to find it. That's right. If you're actually looking, you're on an Easter egg hunt for Easter eggs. You're on a, you're on a cancer hunt for cancer in your boobs. It's almost like you're willing it to happen. Every month you'd, oh, better check again. Let's see if it's here now. Is it here yet? Keep looking for it. Keep putting, this is classic Abrahamic law of attraction stuff. You want to keep putting energy towards something, you're going to build it out of the ether. Yes. And unfortunately, because there is so much media around cancer and cancer awareness and cancer prevention and cancer treatment and um, cancer fundraising and et cetera, is that the fear is there and it's pretty hard to not have some form of fear around 
cancer, the word cancer. So I think what I'd love us to do in today's podcast is try and get you comfortable with it. Mm, big time. Try and get you at the point where, look, you know what, if you did one day present with cancerous cells, that you have a game plan of what it is you would do from this point forward. Um, but at the same time, about how I, I think it would also be important for us to how do spiritual people support people with cancer that are not spiritual? For sure. You know, that's a biggie. But let's that's start really with this culture of fear because this is what we do need to understand. A lot of people are highly aware that there are quite a number of different natural herbs, plants, barks, spices, etc., in the Amazon rainforest, for example, right now, which can cure cancer. There are other people who will say that, um, what is it, getting your... The, getting um, your body alkaline. Alkaline yeah. is a cure for cancer. Cancer there can't is, live, it can only live in acidity. Cannabis oil. So everyone's all anti-marijuana. The government loves to hate marijuana, which is one of the gentlest, most natural herbs in the world, which eases pain and shrinks tumours. They give little medical-grade cannabis oil um, capsules. So, like, I've seen a young girl on Facebook taking it, and symptoms cells disappear or heal. I've also seen a friend of mine um, has a child who suffers severe uh, epilepsy where she has, you know, three or four seizures a day, like very severe, and and is often hospitalised as a result. Now, she's started on um, cannabis treatment and massive results. Exactly. Very exciting. So, of course, it's all the answers which the government or the cancer societies don't love. I mean, I'm going to be brutal here. We pour billion, millions, billions of dollars into cancer research. Do you really think that with all of the brains and the technology and the science that's behind it, after this many years, they, I mean, it's like, I know that they kind of make inroads and stuff, but we never actually hear of anything that useful other than let's just continue blasting people with chemotherapy to just basically kill them, kill their bodies to a point where they're still alive, but enough of their body is dead that it starts over. It's not good enough to me. It's absolutely ridiculous. We are basically maintaining a huge industry with a whole lot of money that's been cooked up in all these little pink ribbon morning teas and selling all these beauty products with pink ribbon on them. It's pink washing is what's going on here because all of those beauty products have cancerous, you know, carcinogenic stuff in their formulas anyway. And I, as a beauty editor, I used to always feel conflicted about that. Every October, let's do a page in the magazine of all the pink ribbon products. And I'd be like, what, the ones, the deodorants that you put under your arms that put the cells in your glands that create the breast cancer those ones is that what you're talking the uh, perfumes i have a problem with you know the diabetes association selling uh, jelly bean lollies for fundraising See, okay, it, okay and mcdonald's sponsors school sports and you know it's mm. just the world Unethical. is the world is, world is mad and i'm for one i'm getting really sick of being asked for money all the time to pour into bottomless black holes of cancer research funds when i don't see one shred of evidence that anyone is really coming up with anything really useful to help cancer and when people come up with things like oh it's a diet or it's a it's a natural herb nobody wants to know about that government scientists doctors medical they're not really interested in that whether either they can't patent it or they can't sell it or they can't get kickback commission offer or whatever the story goes so it is very convenient in this culture for cancer to be a thing it draw it we have just built the biggest hospital here in south australia mm. in what the southern hemisphere or something stupid like that we why because everyone is so sick it actually helps to pump money into the economy it all the nurses get jobs everyone all the, half the girls i know are nurses everyone gets work gets money gets drug research gets because the sicker everyone is, it kind of drives a whole industry of its own. Big pharma. Yeah. I just want to add a little note here that I actually have a couple of clients that are uh, both working cancer research. 
and both of this are both of them are wellness warriors and one of them specializes in how to how to counterbalance the damage caused through cancer treatment and i love it so we've got our warriors in there that are conscious that are really looking at doing stuff. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if there is so much out there in mainstream medicine that is absolutely incredible and useful. Mm. But as you say, we've got Big Brother that's not going to release it, blah, blah, blah. But that's getting into theories and we want to get away from we that for the moment. From that. But I think it's important to understand that too. I think that we need to know why we've got the fear and why it is everywhere. But what can we do as an individual yeah. to either you know, make sure that we're in wellness and not in dis-ease so that we don't start to manifest a disease for our body to be screaming at us to get our attention around whatever emotional cause. Yeah. At the same time, what is it that we can be doing if we have been diagnosed with dis-ease uh, and whatever form of dis-ease it is to be healing so that part of our body? Let's look, at, let's look at cancer. One person smokes a pack of day for their whole life. A sec- and they never get anything and they live to their 101. The next person smokes a pack a day for their whole life and they get emphysema, which is the lungs, right? Yes. And then the next person smokes a pack a day and they get bronchial up in the throat. Now, why does cancer present in totally different places for different people and not at all in others? This is where we get into vibrational theory and we get into emotional, spiritual, psychosomatic work. Many of you listening will remember the beautiful Jessica Ainscoff, the thewellnesswarrior.com.au, whatever she was, who was on the front page of the Weekend Australian here. She she collaborated with people in New York. She drove blogging. She drove podcasting. She drove um, YouTubing. She, she, she created an amazing wellness industry around the fact that she had cancer. And so did her mother. And they both went to the Institute in California. Gerson? Can't remember which. Gerson. Gerson? Therapy. Anyway, she was using the dietary method uh, to approach, approach to kill her cancer cells through juicing, predominantly eating foods high in certain things, nutrients, vitamins, etc. Did it work? Well, she passed away. Did the medical profession, the skeptics, have a field day? Yes, they did. And they used her death to, to, to step, point the finger at quack science. And this is why you must stay with the medicos if you have health problems. But this comes back to the emotional. And I talked to Jess a few times and did sessions with her when she was alive. And and I'm also thinking now of a patient of mine, and I was very, very privileged to have this this gift that I got to work two times with a woman who was dying of cancer, and I went into the hospital and sat with her not very long before she died. Now, she, on the one hand, this second woman, understood everything that I would talk to her about. We talked about her soul contract. We talked about her lessons in this lifetime. We talked about her blocks. We talked about what she couldn't forgive and all of that stuff. She got it mentally. She got it intellectually. Her body wasn't ready to come to the party. Her body wasn't ready to release the blocks emotionally yet. She was still in a, still in a lot of personal fear. That was that client. Jess Ainscoff did remarkable inroads into the chemical, the physiological, the physical, that I feel that the one area that she only started to come into right at the end was the emotional, spiritual, yeah. not with enough time to yeah. really start to look at her own demons. And so I would, I would suggest, I mean, I think Jess was here for a number of reasons as a role model. I think that she role modeled many different things to many different people who observed her journey from many different vantage points. Um, but it's my personal take, and I hope that this doesn't sound at all disrespectful, but just that she, 
there was some missing elements to the pieces of the puzzle with Jess that she hadn't yet found, which which were part of part of the mystery as to why she had such an aggressive rare cancer from such a young age. You know, I don't know, maybe she put in her sole contract, I want to come down and get aggressive rare cancer at a young age to help teach people about cancer. I don't think we're ever going to really understand the why. And we don't need to know. But my point is, let's talk about the emotional game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I wish I'd looked up because I love, you know, uh, Annette Noontil's book, uh, the body is the barometer of the soul, and I love my little app that I've got on my phone of uh, Louise Hayes' Heal Your Life, which is really, really fast app to go, cancer, what is, what's their interpretation of it? And can I just say, Louise Hay, let's all bear in mind, had cerv- cervical cancer, cervical cancer, however you pronounce it. Cervical. Cervical. What? What's cervical? I don't know, but you've almost got the word survivor in there, so did, I'm pretty happy with that. Did I make up that word anyway? Well, I think su- survivor cancer. There you go. Survivor cancer. <laughs> Louise Hay had cancer and cured herself of cancer through emotional release work. And that is why she is such a master that everyone has listened to for the last 40 years. Yeah, exactly. So I think that um, really uh, looking, Google whatever it is that you've got, because this, this, while we're talking cancer, this really does apply to any disease. Find out what the interpretations are. Go to a, different, diff- a few different sources. You'll see similarities there. Go for the most common denominator. And then really look at yourself. Is this my truth? Now, I have, you know, flicked off little, like, I'll be on the phone to someone and they say, um, oh, I've got a really bad neck. So I look up neck, I screenshot it, I text it to them. I do it several times a day with most people. And they will often go, oh, that's so spot on. But every now and again, somebody says, no, it's not. And then I go, you need to go deeper. You've got to really go deeper because I've yet to see it not be true. So we use this literally as a fast diagnosis tool mm. because it is hard to understand what our body is saying to us when it's presenting with a symptom. There's the easy ones of my knees hurt. Well, get down and surrender. You know, my back hurts. How are you not being supported or how are you not supporting yourself? You know, um, my neck hurts. Pain in the neck. Who's being a pain in the neck or who are you being a pain in the neck to? Yeah. But some are really hard to interpret. So get that and then start looking at that. And then really, how can you heal that? Is it your truth? Do you need to re- you know, reframe it? Is it a belief that's not a belief any longer that's not serving you, etc.? Really get in with the emotional healers. You can get into kinesiology here. You can get into lifeline technique to get into the subconscious. If you believe it's not your story, then get muscle tested to see if it is your story because it will be. I mean, we all know that I'm a bit of an extremist, but I think in this day and age, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast show and you get any sort of medical symptoms of something quite strong in the body, if you choose to go the Western medical path, that's fine. But if you do not complement that with some sort of emotional release work technique, I think you are absolutely in denial. It's like you, it, Eastern and Western, you've got to put the two together. You've got to realize that what happens in the body is that energy that has never been dealt with, heavy emotional negative energy from this lifetime or from a past lifetime, which you have not processed at a consciously awake aware level and healed and calibrated and moved through has to go somewhere it has to go somewhere where is it going to go it's going to cluster where is it going to cluster in the place in your body that is considered the most vulnerable now for example let's say in a past life you got a spear wound right through the stomach and you felt really betrayed by the person that threw that spear well maybe your stomach is now a hotbed for anything that's a bit uneasy or a bit sick feeling or a bit worried or rejection abandonment betrayal shame any emotion 
you're going to start to put it there and snowball it. Then you get gut problems. Then you get digestive problems. Then you get inflammation of the digestive tract and all of the colitis and different, you know, those sorts of things. And that becomes your storage place for the shit because it is the place where the poo is processed down in there. <laughs> and it's when you're not moving through through the shit and working through the shit in your life, not processing the shit, not dealing with shit. It's a metaphor. So people poo, te- poo, poo. Sorry, people tend to have cluster places in their bodies where they always, like their, their shoulder's always the first to go or they always get a migraine or everyone's got their thing, their vulnerability in the body. So I'd love you to be working with the place in your body that you know is the vulnerable place and that is where you should be muscle testing to see what emotions are being trapped in that place, whether it's the gut, whether it's the ear, whether it's the tongue, whether it's the brain, whatever is going on, we want to be releasing out the energy. And to that extent, there are some amazing Chinese medicine traditional Chinese medicine doctors and Ayurvedic doctors as well who work with a lot of cancer patients because they will get the chi flowing they will unblock which meridians are clogged up with the prana or the chi they will work with rebalancing the yin and the yang and all I'm the different organs. I'm a big fan of Chinese medicine. They will incorporate burning herbs on the body they will incorporate acupuncture or they will incorporate acupressure and a number of different things which you know what quite frankly kids you don't need to understand how it works but trust me it does it just does it's it's insane, some of that stuff. Mm. I also want to talk about breast cancer. Um, what's that wonderful cowboy from the States that I always forget his Don. name? Don. Yeah, Don, yes. Somebody is amazing. Don. Amazing. Don Tom. Anyway, he talked, Tolman. Don Tolman. Tolman. He talks about breast cancer. Now, now, well, my thing on breast cancer, breast femininity. Love heart. Where are they? Right over the heart. Yep. The bigger they get, the more they're protecting your heart, your, says Jane with size Fs. It's your mothering and it's your nurturing. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, but he talks about breast cancer as, um, uh, so he has very simple physical things, such as he's the one that says with dementia. 44. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, a car just went past with 44 on it. Um, the, he talks about, like with dementia, he's the one that says the water, it's the dehydrated brain. You know, eat, eat walnuts and drink lots of water, you'll be right. Mm. But he talks about with breast cancer, get the bras off. He Like the whole body, he the believes underwire. is all tubes, mm. all tubes, and uh, and everywhere that they're restricted is where... It's like tight elastic banded women who used to wear corsets and cut off their, their energy flow and, and underwires under the breasts and all that kind of stuff as well. David Wolf. But what do you do? you got big boobs. I've got to have underwire. I don't know, Jane. I don't. Or I, actually, maybe I don't. Maybe I just have to let them free flow and see how the real world happens. Maybe that's that. A, maybe that's a body shaming <laughs> belief from the Western culture that you can't have big heavy yeah, breasts. Yeah, it is. I know. Um, David Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. He has a lot of food is medicine stuff on his blog as well. He's one of the leading experts. But him and Dr. McCullough have some excellent anti-establishment information, anti-mainstream medical information if you're looking to cure cancer through some alternative means. But the other... Oh, you want to say something? Yeah, I do. I also really want to touch on clusters. Yeah? I want to talk about... Is that, What's it called? The um, You've got the such and such a gene? The such and such a gene. Uh, you know, which means that you've been tested for the cancer gene and now you need to go and get mastectomies. Oh, and... right. Yes. Who did that? Angelina Jolie yes. had her whole uterus ripped out, didn't she? Wouldn't she have, and breasts? Was it breasts? A mastectomy, it, double mastectomy, mm. because she had a gene. I, 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 I had took great personal affront to that personal decision of hers. <laughs> I was disappointed. Yeah. Uh, there, uh, there was also a, a, I read a one, what did I see, a TV documentary, or I read something uh, quite a few years ago about a big pocket of journalists that were all working for a television station, and they all got 
breast cancer within the same period of time. And so there was a big, and it was a, a wonderful, and no, it was a blog I read article, uh, and it was done in a um, in a lovely natural holistic um, publication. So they were talking about emotional clusters, and that is actually what I believe the cancer gene is. Is when you, when somebody says they've got the cancer gene in their family and everyone's got to get tested for it, blah blah blah. I truly believe it's because that family has a sole contract to be playing out a certain drama. And that drama creates a certain similar emotional behavior within each of them, which therefore, of course, if not treated, uh, dealt with, does lead to the same form of illness. Well, like hereditary illnesses or genetic illnesses as well, playing out in the DNA family story. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Isn't it interesting they're now saying that DNA is only responsible for 10%? Oh, how little we know. How I little love it. we know. I love it, I love it, I love it. And Angelina Jolie, just back to the double mastectomy she had, I mean, it's this whole idea of people not trusting their bodies as well. We. This is why I talk about meditation, because we don't have conversations with our bodies. We are not attuned to what their needs and wants are, what the body is asking us, and we don't have a lot of trust. This is why birthing in this country is such a disaster, because women from the neck down have no relationship with any part of their body and don't actually believe that it's capable of doing anything without a doctor standing present with a stethoscope and a machine that goes bing. And the same applies to cancer. Now, go. I was going to say, I want to touch on, because we're running out of time too, and I want to touch on how you can best support a friend who's going through cancer treatment that isn't spiritual, that that is not open to you saying, here, say this affirmation, here, go get this, um, go get some subconscious muscle work uh, healing done, go drink this green smoothie. They're going, no, 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 I'm going down the the proven path, you know, and they're very tra- modern tradition, um, how can we best support them? Tell them, remind them, reassure them about how strong they are, inner and outer, that their body is strong and that their inner warrior is a, is very strong. Remind them that, that, I guess you can't use this language if they're too close-minded, but it's that lovely old saying, the universe never throws you more than you can handle. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine because... And this is where I like to talk about gifts. Because I think this is where you've got to try and get them out of their fear. Mm. I'm dying of cancer. I'm very, very, very sick. We've got to help them to change their language gently to, you know, I am strong. I'm going to beat this. I will win. I am winning. You know, they're not great examples. But... To redirect the mind to what positive things they can hold on to. Well, let's let's concentrate on your children. Let's concentrate in connecting better with your family members. Let's concentrate on doing things that make do bring you joy at this time. Let's concentrate on pastimes that are healthy or nurturing for you. Let's concentrate on looking at some of those relationships that need a little bit of work so that you can get better quality interactions out of those people if you have limited time left or if this could be impacting upon your longevity. If somebody is also um, somebody they love is really uh, is terminal, there is a wonderful movie documentary made by Lorraine Webb from the Adelaide Healing Energy Centre called, um, I think it's called uh, Living and Dying Consciously, where she recorded her sister who died of cancer uh, or crossed over, um, but she recorded her in her bad moments, recorded her right through the end of her, up, up to her death. And it's fascinating to see when the hospital is saying it's a bad day today because her sister was not responsive. When she came to, she was also talking about where she'd been, which was the other side and with her other sister and her mother. And so it was actually a good day. So it's a really empowering movie for anybody that really wants to come to peace with dying consciously. Mm. Highly recommend it. You can't 
talk about something as enormous as cancer in somebody's life journey and not talk about it as a gift because it's it's another form of a teacher. Sometimes teachers are people, yeah. um, you know, it's always husbands, a gift, best yeah. friends, sisters, and sometimes cancer or or some sort of a uh, an illness um, comes along as a gift. Now, um, I remember a woman who got breast cancer and had to be bedridden for six months and I talked to her probably a year or two after all of that had happened and she was I was very young at this time I might have been 12 or 14 or something like that this was one of my earliest experiences with talking to someone who had a lot of conscious awareness around stuff and she said to me you know I had been go 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 going through my life non-stop and nothing would slow me down so it was like a great big hand came out of the sky and said stop and sat me down and I couldn't get out of bed for six months and I had a lot of time to think and process and reflect on all the stuff I'd been running from deflecting distracting and not dealing with and that was her gift and she obviously survived and was fine um she needed that time out and the universe gave it to her the only way they could slow down a speeding freight train and that's often what illness is it's that sledgehammer Jane talked about earlier nothing else is going to stop a lot of people in their tracks or give them the wake-up calls or the deep level aha realizations that they're actually waiting to have which they can't get in their normal everyday life where they're too distracted um i had another client come to me a, a number of times during her treatment which went for about a year and a half and she would come in on with walking stick and she'd be hobbling and she'd be quite ill and um she would we basically we would just talk about the gifts and about what cancer had taught her um and if you or the person that you're with who is ill is able to really articulate that i think that you've got all that you came for. Oh, that's perfect. Beautiful, Beck. Beautiful. I am the master of my body. I connect with love and healing. I could almost talk about this one for longer. But um, anyway, if you do need more of Jane and I, we are at lovelifeshow.com. Everything that you need from us, whether it be at coaching, be it backlog of episodes, or of course on Facebook. Which is facebook.com forward slash lovelifeshow. And until this time next week, have fun being as healthy and joyful as possible. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening.